Good morning, everybody. Before we go on, today is not, doesn't just mark a new year, but today is a birthday for the birthday boy, our very own Pastor Selwyn. Would you stand? Pastor Selwyn, would you stand, please? Just Pastor Selwyn needs to stand. Just Pastor Selwyn. You can turn around. Happy birthday to you, cha-cha-cha, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Pastor Selwyn, happy birthday to you. We just, uh, on behalf of everybody here, we are so grateful that you're with us and uh, just for who you are, for the example that you set for all of us, especially for me and Smitha and, and the staff. Uh, someone is a great leader and an even better friend. And uh, so we just hope you have a great 52nd birthday <laughs> this year. Folks, if you have job openings, please let me know. I may be unemployed after <laughs> today. Happy New Year, and, uh, and welcome to 2017. It's hard to believe that another year has gone by, and some of you didn't think you'd make it, but here you are. Now, did, did anyone here make any resolutions by the end of last year? Some of you are lying. That's okay. Some of you did. And uh, maybe you made a resolution to wake up early and to exercise, and you've already failed, probably. And uh, maybe some of you, you made a resolution to eat better, and then you showed up to the brunch today. For some of us, 2016 was a year to cherish, right? We, maybe there was some, uh, maybe there was a birth in the family. Maybe there was a new home for the family. And for some of us, 2016 was a year to forget, right? Maybe there was a loss in the family or some sort of sickness that came upon us or our family. And whatever last year's tone was for us, the, the new year fills us with hope, doesn't it? It, it, it? A hope that this year is going to bring some change for us. A hope that this year God is going to open up some new opportunities for us. A hope that this year God is going to reveal some new things to us and begin to fulfill His purposes in our lives. How many of you believe that this morning? As I've been uh, thinking and, and praying about uh, this New Year's message, I, I kept thinking about this passage from the book of Revelation. And I know a lot of us are scared of this book, Revelation. It's the scary book. Um, but if you start reading it as a Christ follower, it is filled with hope. And it is so filled with promise. And this is what Jesus is telling his people. And this is what I believe he is saying to us this morning as we head into a new year, he says, behold, I make all things new. In fact, this section of scripture where Jesus says this, he says, listen, there's going to be no more pain and no more suffering and no more heart heartache, and I will wipe away every tear from your eye, for behold, I make all things new. And I believe that God wants someone to know that it doesn't matter how bad you had it in 2016, 
God is going to make some new things happen for you. And I'm not talking about taking that old stuff and rehabbing what was old. I'm talking about God is about to do something new. He is going to do something new that you have never experienced before in your life. He is going to do something fresh, something exciting in your life, something exciting in your family if you are open to his leading and if you will submit to his authority. God is going to do some new and exciting things in your life if you let him. And I want you to know that right here in the life of Glad Tidings Church, God is doing something new. He is about to do something fresh. He is going to do something incredibly exciting. But I want you to know today that any time that God does something new, it requires change. And that makes some of us nervous. And that makes some of us squirm a little bit because we don't like change. Right? We like our routines. We like how things are going for us. We, there's some safety and security in what we already know. And so when God is about to do something new, it always happens through the vehicle of change. Jesus, he, um, he talks about this with the Pharisees a little bit. He says, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. They, they used to sew up goat skin, and they used to put wine in these goat skins, and, and the skin would expand as the, as the wine would ferment and as the gases would expand. But there's a certain point where that goat skin couldn't expand anymore. And so if you put new wine in old wine skin, what would happen is the wine skin would burst, and all the wine would spill. And so Jesus says you cannot put new wine in in old wineskin. Changes happen when new things come. And we need to learn how to embrace what God is about to do. It's going to be different, but it's going to be exciting, and it's going to be fresh. And with that will come the expansion of his wonderful kingdom. Today's service is uh, going to look a little bit different than usual. As you walked in this morning, you would have received a, a handout that looks like this. And if you don't have one, if you could just raise your hand really quickly, an usher will come by, and, uh, and they'll give you a, uh, one of these handouts. And if you need something to write with, uh, an usher will come with a golf pencil. Just keep your hand up. And uh, we're going to work through each of these questions together. And I, just, I don't want you to jump ahead. I'll give you time for each one of these questions to fill out. And then at the very end of the service today, we're going to anoint and pray over each one of you here today. So if you would pull out your, your handout, the front of your handout looks like this and what's on the screen. And uh, today we're just hoping that these questions will help serve as like a, like a spiritual checkup in your life. And, as, and, and your responses are going to help build a purpose statement, not a resolution for 2017, but a purpose statement for 2017. And uh, God places high value when we do some self-evaluation and self-examination. In fact, the Bible says, examine yourselves to make sure you're solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. Test it out. If you fail the test, then you need to do something about it. 
To maintain your, your physical health, you need regular checkups with a doctor who can assess your vital signs, your, your blood pressure, your temperature, your weight, all of these things. And for your spiritual health, you need these regular checkups as well. You need to look back at your life and see what you're doing and what's working and what's not working. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah says, let's take a good look at the way we're living and let's reorder our lives under God. Let's look at the first question really quickly. What was the most significant part of 2016? What was the most significant part of 2016? I'll give you a couple seconds to fill that out. Maybe it was a new marriage. Maybe it was the birth of a new child. Maybe it was a new job. Maybe it was a better job. Maybe there was a new life in Christ. Maybe it was a loss of a job. Maybe it was a demotion. Maybe there was an illness. I mean, whatever it is, let's take a few moments right now. You can fill that out. All right, I got a lot of people staring at me, which means move on. If you would take a look at this second question on your handout, what will center your life in 2017? And before you answer that question, I want you to know this is a question about worship, right? So before you answer this question, ask yourself, what took most of your time in 2016? Was it your career? Was it your family? Was it your friends? Was it your education? Was it Netflix? Was it, was it sports? Was it a new relationship? Because your time reflects what's most important to you, right? The time you spent in the past is a reflection of what's really at the center of your life. So I want to ask you this question this morning. In 2017, who are you going to live for? I mean, what are you going to build your life around? Because if we're truly honest with ourselves, in the last year, some of us, we centered our lives around our career, and we centered our lives around our family, and we centered our lives around our education. All of those things were a top priority for us. Some of us, we had a new relationship that was our first and only concern. Some of us, we held a sport or a hobby at the center of our lives. In 2016, there were some of us who centered our lives around money or entertainment or being with friends. And these things aren't bad things, but none of these things belong at the center of your life. Because when life starts breaking apart, none of these things are strong enough to hold you together. And some of us, we experienced that this past year. When sickness comes, when financial difficulty comes, when problems at home come, when the storms of life come, and they came for all of us sometime this past year, money was eventually going to dry up. And it was never going to be enough. And problems were going to come into our families one way or another. And for some of us, we had to learn the hard way that our friends can't always be trusted. For others of us, we experience sickness or pain or suffering in a way that no level of education was ever going to understand or explain it. And so I want you to know that 
What you need in 2017 is an unshakable center. Because what you need is the tried stone, the precious cornerstone, the firm foundation. What you need in 2017 is for Jesus to be at the center of it all. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2 onward. 2 Chronicles chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, you can just look up on the screen. I'm reading from the message. Asa was a good king. He had things right in, the, in God's eyes. He cleaned house. He got rid of the pagan altars and shrines, and he smashed the sacred stone pillars, and he chopped down the sex and religion groves, the ashram. He told Judah to center their lives in God, to do what the law said, and to follow the commandments. Because he got rid of all the pagan shrines and the altars in the cities of Judah, his kingdom was at peace. And so the story goes on to say that King Asa wins this incredible battle against these Ethiopians who outnumber them. And the Ethiopians are much stronger. They're much more experienced than he is. But because Asa had God at the center of his life, King Asa... In his time of need, he asked God to help him, and God allows King Asa's army to win this great battle. And so King Asa, he continues to seek God, and great things happen in the land. And, and here they are, and they're at peace for many, many years, and there's no wars between nations. And then all of a sudden, there's this weird thing that happens at the end of his life. There's a situation that occurs where... King Asa decides to use his own wisdom and his own understanding, and he looks to human advice, and because of all of that, God is really disappointed. And God sends out a prophet, and the prophet says to Asa, he says, God is always on the alert, and he's constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. You were foolish to go for human help when you could have had God's help. And now you're in trouble. It's one round of war after another. And Asa, he begins to lose his temper, and he begins to abuse the people who are around him. And Scripture tells us that he develops this foot infection. And he doesn't bother calling on God's help, and he dies from a foot injury. Right? What a way to go in Scripture that he would die from a foot injury because his pride wouldn't allow him to ask for God's help. You know, everything worked out when God was at the center of his life. And so in 2017, what or who will be the center of your life? Will your career be at the center? Will your family be at the center of your life? Will you let your education be at the center of your life? Or will you strive to have Jesus at the center of your life? Because I want to tell you that you can experience peace and joy and adventure and fulfillment and purpose and meaning and all of these things that you may not have had in 2016 if you would let Jesus be at the center of your life. And if you lose your focus, 
If you don't seek him in all areas of your life, then you'll never really understand that peace and that joy and purpose and meaning and fulfillment. So let 2017 be the year that you intentionally keep Jesus at the center of all things going on in your life. Let's move on to the next question on your handout. What will be the character of your life in 2017? Now, this is a question of, uh, of discipleship. If your friends were to characterize you based on knowing you throughout 2016, what would they say? Would they say that you can be characterized by the fruit of the Spirit, by love? Would they say that you have those byproducts of joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? I mean, there's some people in this room who, if I look at at you, those are the things that I think about. Would your friends characterize you differently? Would they use words like jealous or defensive or erratic or entitled or lazy or somebody who's unfaithful and somebody who can't commit? Would your friends say that you characterize the list of beatitudes that are found in Scripture? Would they, would they use words to describe you like meek or somebody who hungers and thirsts for righteousness? Would they say that you're pure in heart? Would they call you a peacemaker? Would they call you courageous for your faith? So what will be, what will be the character of your life in 2017? Well, what type of person do you want to be in 2017. For some of us, we need to work on the fruit of the Spirit. For others, we need to work on these Beatitudes. And so right now, I'm just going to give you a couple seconds right now. Just list out some of those character qualities that you want to work on or develop throughout this next year. All right, let's move on to the next question on your handout. What will be your contribution in 2017? This is a question that deals with service. What is your ministry in the body of Christ? A lot of you, you don't have to think twice about this because you're actively involved working alongside us in ministry, but there are a whole lot of people here today who are going to have a hard time with this question because even though you attend Glad Tidings Weekly, you don't have a defined ministry that you actively participate in. Even though we have programs running for kids and teens and young adults and not-so-young adults, there are far too many people satisfied coming in week in and week out, doing nothing and serving nowhere. And then there are some who are here today who you felt God pull on your heartstrings. And he's encouraging you to get involved, and you just don't know how. And so we want to do a better job of giving people opportunities to be plugged in. And so we created a button on the GT app later on. You can, you can open up your phones and go to the GT app, and 
there's a new button there, and it's just called Serving. And you can click on that app. You can fill in your information, find out how you can get plugged in, how you can get involved, and where God can use you right here at Glad Tidings. For some of you, God has called you to serve in areas that only you are gifted in, in areas that only you are talented in. And he has called you to areas where only you have experience in. It may not be on the worship team or preaching or teaching. It, maybe it's with computers or maybe it's with graphics or maybe it's with construction or maybe it's with cooking or baking or cleaning. It may be that you have special compassion for the homeless and, and for those who are in need and you want to do something about it. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. This is something that God is calling you to and you need to start some conversations with some leaders here at the church so that they can walk alongside you and help God fulfill his purpose in your life. For others, you're just not sure where you can serve. Maybe you've been here for six months or six years or 16 years and you don't know where to begin and we want you to know that's okay. We have a great group of leaders here. All they want to do is walk alongside you as you seek to fulfill his purposes in your life. And so I want to tell you now more than ever, the body of Christ needs you. If you are a Christ follower, the body of Christ needs you. And you've heard us say this before, you need us and we need you. Paul, he refers to the church as the body of Christ, and he says this in 1 Corinthians 12. The body is not made up of one part. It's made up of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Paul is telling the Corinthians, and he's reminding us again, that you are a vital organ of a living body. You are an indispensable, interconnected part of the body of Christ. And you were created for a specific role in this body. But you will miss this purpose in your life if you're not attached to the local church. God has made us. He has designed us. He has created us for each other. And the scripture that we read together, Paul says that if somehow an organ was severed from its body, it would shrivel up and die. Because it cannot exist on its own, and neither can you. You cannot be the body on your own. But together, we are his body. 
So let 27 be a year, 2017 be a year that you begin to fulfill the call to service that God has called you to through his body. Let's take a couple moments right now. We're going to fill in our responses to this next question. How will I contribute to the body of Christ in 2017? And if your answer is, I need to talk to somebody about this, then that's what you're going to fill in this morning. Let's take a look quickly at the next uh, question on your handout. What will be the communication of your life? How and with whom will you share the gospel in 2017? You know, after Jesus was risen from the dead, he appeared to his disciples, and they worshiped him, and some doubted. And Jesus, he, he says to them in Matthew 28, 18, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, this statement and this scripture is known throughout the Christian world as the Great Commission. And for many of us, this has become the Great Omission, right? We've left this out of our life. There's a lot of people who think that it's not important to share what Christ has done for us. There's a lot of people who, who think that it's not important to tell people that Jesus has a better solution, that Jesus is the only way. Because following Christ has become unpopular, right? And, and it's going to only get worse as the days go on. But it wasn't easy for the disciples to go around telling people about the risen Jesus. But his promise was that if we would take some courage and begin to share Christ with others, he will be with us. So what is the testimony that God wants you to share with people? How did you come to know Jesus? Why do you believe in Jesus? For some of you, maybe you need to write down a, a target group that God has placed on your heart. Back home, my, my church had this heart to reach out to Hindus and Muslims. There are some people here who are called to minister to the less fortunate. For some people, God has placed ministering at the nursing home community as your target or with youth, or maybe it's with young adults, maybe it's with kids. And so right now, we're just going to give you a few moments right now. Just fill in your responses to this next question. What will be the communication of your life in 2017? How will you communicate this? Who will you communicate to?
right. The last question on your handout says, what will be the community of your life? You know, this is, this is a question more of fellowship. How are you connected to the body of Christ? How are you connected to the family of God? How are you practicing those one another statements in Scripture? You know, over 50 times in the New Testament, this phrase one another is used. It says that we should love each other. We should pray for each other. We should encourage each other. We should admonish one another. We should greet each other. We should serve each other. We should teach each other, accept each other, honor each other, bear each other's burdens, forgive each other, submit to each other, be devoted to each other, and many other tasks. The more you are connected through community, the more you will love the body of Christ. And the more you're connected through fellowship in the, bod in the body, the more you will sacrifice for it. Scripture says that Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for it. So who will you be committed to in 2017? How will you be connected this year? Maybe it's through a small group. Maybe it's through a ministry team. Maybe God is calling you this year to lead a small group. Maybe God is calling you to build and lead a ministry team that doesn't even exist right now at the church. I want you to know the beauty of being in fellowship is that you don't have to have your life all put together. You don't have to know everything about everything to participate in fellowship. But living in community simply requires you to get connected and be open and honest as you participate in real fellowship. So right now I'm just going to give you a few moments to fill in your response to the last question, what will be the community of your life? All right, now that we've answered all of these questions, believe it or not, each of you has just defined a purpose statement to help guide your life through 2017. Your handout probably looks like what's on the screen there, hopefully with some more specifics, but we've just achieved the workings of a purpose statement. In 2017... With Jesus at the center of my life, I will seek to be like him in character, in action, and in deed. I will serve him by being a part of the body of Christ, not just by attending weekly services, but by being actively involved in the work of ministry at Glad Tidings Church. I will share Jesus with my friends and my neighbors, and I will be open and honest as I engage in community by participating in a small group or ministry team throughout this year. What a way to start 2017. So this morning, I'm going to ask the prayer team if you would come forward this morning. 
And I want to ask you this question. In 2016, did you live with purpose? And do you want to live a life of purpose in 2017? You know, Paul was someone who lived his life full of purpose. He said, I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. And Paul's only reason for living was to fulfill the purposes that God had for him. In 2017, will you be a person that God can use for his purposes? I mean, will you keep him at the center of your life? Will you seek him in all of your decision making? Will you seek him at school and at work and at home? Will you talk to him with those who don't know Jesus? Will you commit to serving him in the body of Christ? Will you commit to real fellowship this year? And I hope your answer is yes this morning. So this morning, I want to close with this. May the Holy Spirit give us strength and wisdom and boldness and courage to take the necessary steps towards living for His purposes in 2017. Today, I want to spend just a little bit of time here in prayer and in worship. And so right now, I want to give an opportunity for everyone here to be prayed for. And maybe you need prayer for help with one of the responses that that you've written down. And maybe you need um, prayer to make some bold decisions to do something for God this year. And maybe, maybe it's none of those things. But we want you to go out starting this year with a member of our prayer team anointing you with oil and sending you out. So as we begin to go back and worship, you could just make your way down the center aisles. A member of our prayer team would just take a few moments with you. They'll anoint you with oil. They'll pray over you. And after that, you can return to your seats by the side aisles. And after you're prayed for, you're welcome to, to stay at your seats in prayer and in worship. And if you need to leave, we'd ask that you leave quietly. So God bless you this morning. We love you guys. And we look forward to the great things that God has in store for us for 2017. Amen.